Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. Alrighty, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are at in the world today. I appreciate you tuning in with me once again to another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. This is uh, episode 11, I believe it is. Yeah, 11. Wow. Man, we're we're cranking through these and we've so far kept up with every week's schedule that we've had since we started off uh, again with episode 2 and got it all kicked off. So I, again, I appreciate you tuning in whatever time you're tuning in, whether it be as soon as I posted it or years from now. I hope that this message is just as relevant and true to you and for you today as it was when I put it up. In lieu of uh, Thanksgiving coming up, here's a we have a special message that we'd like to to put out there with you today, and and some focus focusing on something that I, I feel is very important, especially for the idea or being truly thankful every day, not just around this time of the year during Thanksgiving or Christmas or the holidays in general, but every part of the year we should strive to be more thankful and reflect on who God is and what he has done for us and I don't believe we can truly do that until we until we actually know and understand and remember what God has done for us if you got a Bible handy, please pull it out and run around Scripture a little bit with us today. And when I say us, it's actually just me. The difference uh, here is it's uh, my my co-host or different people who who pop in and out. We're not able to coordinate the time to be here with me today, and so uh, it is just myself in the Bold Believer Studio here, and we are going to. Uh, get into a very relevant topic still. I hope uh, it won't scare you off that it's just me and uh, and that you will uh, find some relevancy in today's topic. This topic, uh, as you see in the title there, there's this weird question, what do you mean by these stones or what do these stones mean? That topic or that idea is based out of multiple scriptures that we will turn to today and, and it stems forth from a very central idea about being thankful and remembering what God has done for us. And I feel you'll find some inspiration and some encouragement in today's episode. So let's jump right in. God realizes that we often forget what he has done for us. God knows how finite we are. One of the coolest parts about God's love, as a matter of fact, I was reflecting on the other day, was was the idea that God truly does love us unconditionally because He knows everything that we've not just done in the past or what we are doing right now, but He knows exactly what we as children of God are going to do to spit in His face or to stab him in the back so to speak or to crucify him anew as Paul would put it and he knows what we're going to do in the future he knows every detail not just in our actions and our deeds physically or outwardly rather but but in our mind everything that we think or everything that we do inside of our mind is in detail and in and in his mind he knows what we are going to do against him and he still chooses to stick around and to keep us and to call us his children what kind of love is that what kind of love is that? And he still chooses to use us, and he still chooses to bless us, and he still chooses to show us his mercy and his grace. Uh, I serve a big God, and I serve an amazing God. God realizes that we often forget what he has done for us, and one of the one of the best things to help us remember, or rather, one of the biggest and best things to help us 
focus on what God has done for us, then truly be thankful is to remember what he's done for us. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12, Moses issued a final warning to the children of Israel just before they entered the promised land when he said, Beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Beware lest you forget who brought you out of Egypt. Egypt often represents the world, the flesh, and the devil. Anything carnal, Egypt is a picture or a type, typology of the world. And God pulled us and our dirty souls from the world, the flesh, and the devil. He pulled our souls from the clutches of sin and saved us when we came to him in faith and accepted what he did, what he did on the cross as payment for our sin. But so often we, we look at that same sin and sometimes even entertain the thought about going back or even going back, as, as the proverb says and speaks of the, the dog returning to his vomit, so does a fool to his folly. We are idiots some days. We know that we have the greatest thing right here, right now with Christ, and we sometimes choose to walk away or to push God away or to give him the shoulder, and, and uh, he's still gracious for us. But one of the challenges and one of the issues that Moses gave to the children of Israel, one of the the uh, charges he gave was to say, beware, beware. And what was it? Lest you forget who brought you out of Egypt. The Lord who brought you out of Egypt. The meaning of the Hebrew word for memorial in verse 7 is to remember. It means to remember. And at the foot of Mount Sinai, Moses built an altar of physical stones to commemorate God's covenant with Israel. I want you to consider this with me. What kind of memorials do you have in your life? What kind of things have you put up to remember what God has done for you? Whether you realize it or not, we all have memorials in our lives. No, not necessarily a monument of stones like the the Old Testament leaders did to commemorate things that God did for them, but sometimes that is appropriate, and sometimes we do build things like that to help us remember. But one One's built of memories or one's built of people or places that trigger these memories just as the memorial stones did at the foot of Mount Sinai for the children of Israel. There are some significant places in your life, think about it, that elicit memories. The, the little church where I was saved at as a, as a young man is that kind of place for me. It, it was there that I was brought up in the knowledge of Christ as a child. It was there. Years later that I was called to preach the word of God. It was there in that church building where I met my wife, Anna. It was under that pastor, my dad, (laughs) that I married my lovely bride. It was a special place for me, and it is a special place for me today. It reminds me of the things that God has done in my life. All the grace that he showed me, all the things that he has given me that I don't deserve. A lot of those things can be traced and found in memory and in part just alone by looking at this building, the sign that says Lighthouse Baptist Church on the front of it. No doubt you have such a place in your life. Think about it. There are memories of people and places. These are the memories of people who've got it, who God has used in your life. For me, many of them are the people who encouraged me to pursue God with my whole heart, give him everything. But how often do we sit down and think about these memories? This time of the year, we might do it more often. This time of the year, we might might be one of the key points of our years where we actually reflect on God's goodness and His grace in our lives and are truly thankful for it. But how can we trigger thankfulness every time of the year or all year long? He's used so many people, places, and things. These stones of monumental memorialness. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to make it a word. Uh, These stones that that remind us and, and show us who God is in our life and 
in that we can find total satisfaction and faith in what his plan is for our lives. I mean, I'll be honest. I've had my questions and I've had my doubts about different things through the years. But when I look at the things that God has done so mightily in my life and the people around me, I I realize very clearly that questions and fears will arise. But through the Spirit's moving and just all of the things that God has done for me, I remember and I understand and I know that fear has to take a hike. Let's go and talk about three different types of memorials real briefly. Today might be a shorter episode overall, as as you will see whether or not it is after I'm done. But let's go talk about three different types of memorials that I believe we should look back upon and use them as great tools of personal evidence and conviction and fortification for our faith and use them to point the lost to the truth. In Jesus Christ. Use these memorial points to point weary people, not only unsaved and people who need Jesus as their Savior, but those of the house of faith who just need reminded who God is. If you have a Bible, open up to Joshua chapter 4, verses 2 through 7. Joshua chapter 4, verses 2 through 7. We have a few verses there that we will read. Joshua chapter 4, verses 2 through 7 says, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. Now just to give a little bit of prelude before I get too much further into this, and you may not know what's going on, the children of Israel have just crossed over the Jordan River, a very large river, and I I guess uh, from what I understand based on the research that I've done is the river was even overflowing at this time of the year in the season of which they were crossing over. And so this was a very deep and wide river that they had to cross, and they had no way to cross it. And so God God miraculously stopped the water, and the Bible says they walked over this river bank, or this river bed, rather, on dry ground. So he did some amazing, miraculous things like he did for the children of Israel years years before when they walked through the Red Sea with Moses. The uh, They walked through the, the River Jordan, and they come to the other side, and verse 3 goes on to say, after they, they walked through, and Joshua gives them this command saying in verse 3, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's foot stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Verse 4, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be the sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? What are these stones supposed to mean? What's what's up with these stones? Verse 7, Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Man, there's so much in that passage, and I want to point out three different key points that the children of Israel had to look back upon to remember who God was and what three different points that we can look back upon, three key, primary, very distinct points that we can look back on to bring to mind and elicit memories of what God has done for us. And I'm also going to share a little bit of my story and some of my stories of how God has worked out and come through in some amazing ways in my life. So number one, out of the three different ways we need to look to, number one is my story memorials. My story memorials. Where has God brought me from, essentially, is what this means. What has he shown me and where is he leading me in my life? 
God, God has brought me from a crazy teenager to a crazy young man, essentially, but a little less crazy in the, in the world's sense. Um, we don't have time to get into the detail of what that means, but years, years ago, I look back and see an individual who, who uh, knew the truth, who understood the truth, who played church music on Sunday and played the part on the weekend and kind of lived for myself the rest of the week. I was in denial of a lot of things with my life and my lifestyles. And I see that God's grace was sufficient and kept me in those times and the Spirit convicted and whooped me when I needed whooped and brought me back around and I repented and I fell again and He picked me up and I fell again. And God's grace was so plainly there. We each have a story. I don't know your story, but here's a little bit of my story. I'm going to say not just in this point, but in the points to follow. I'm going to share a little bit of my story just because I believe that in sharing this, it might not just inspire you. It might not just uh, give you um, insight into who Josh Snyder is or was, but also help you remember or look back on things that God has done for you. And maybe you can erect some memorials today in memory of those things so that when doubt and when fear and when trial comes and Satan tries to suppress these thoughts and things that God has done, you can throw this back in his face and say, no, my God is able today just as he was then. What has God done with me the last four or five years? Well, I look back and see not only grace as i mentioned but blessing and guidance and everything everything started to turn around when i surrendered all i became a christian as a young man i i grew up in a church i grew up in a pastor's home i i knew the truth i saw the truth i experienced the truth and i accepted the truth for my own when i was probably 13 years old and is that's when i understood the gospel fully and i accepted it uh, as as mine. I made Christ the Lord of my life. The Spirit moved in and started working. I, I see that. I look back and see the evidence of that. But through those teen years, I saw the worst of myself come out as well. And and after that, after after it came to a crashing halt, I began to think and reflect on my life. And some of those natural consequences began to set in. And it was in that time, I did not run away even further, but I surrendered all. And that is key. That is so key to, to seeing God's hand move mightily in, in your life. Surrender all. And after I surrendered all, I, I saw God not only give me a wife and a family, I saw God not only give me a ministry to, to start building up and a vision for music and ministry and sharing His Word, but I also, He also called me to preach and to teach the gospel and, and to be a light in, in many other ways. And I desire to do the best that I can with the opportunities that he gives me. And I see blessing and I see grace and I see, see undeserved favor in my life. I'm not trying to brag. I just want to tell you that I serve a big God and a gracious God. And the same God chose to use me even though I was filthy. Even though I wasn't where I should be, he picked me up and he can pick you up too. Wherever you're at today, no matter who you are, no matter how far you think you are from God, he can use you. And as he uses you, you can look back on that story and tell people your story memorial. The second thing I want to challenge us to remember and reflect upon is miraculous memorials. Each of these start with M, so if that helps you remember a little bit. Number one was my story memorials or anything that God has done. Uh, for us in regards to uh, the testimony. People can deny the existence of God all day long, but they cannot deny your story. But we go on to talk a little bit deeper in regards to that, a little a little bit deeper and maybe more distinct in, in one way, and I want us to focus on the miraculous memorials that we can all see in our lives. At least if you've been a Christian for any amount of time or if you've been around 
people of God, you'll see God move. What what have we seen God do so undeniably miraculous that we couldn't uh, uh, it couldn't be anything but Him? God does great things, and some of us might think, well, I haven't gotten a miracle. Well, I would argue that life itself is a miracle, but I also do think we all understand what we mean when we think of the term miracle. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says this, And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. If you're in the will of God and you are striving to be where He wants you to be, I mean, you, you will see Him move in your life. We want to see God move, and honestly, there's almost no better feeling than seeing a miracle unfold right in front of you. If you've seen miracles, if you've been through them, if you've been a part of them, if you have been the miracle, you understand what I'm saying. But the key to being part of something like that is letting God guide you into situations where it'll take Him to get you through them. Nothing in your own power, just just God, just God, and you trusting and, and having faith in that process. And no, that doesn't mean jump off a cliff and then scream out for a miracle. God in flesh, or Jesus, told the devil, don't put God to the test. In other words, let me illustrate it like this. During Hurricane Katrina, a man got stuck on his roof due to the water level rising and he hadn't evacuated earlier. A neighbor's rowboat came by, tried to rescue him. Another neighbor's speedboat came by and tried to rescue him. And then a chopper swooped in and said, hey, hop on, we're we're getting you out of here. And he went on to reply at all three of them by saying, no, I'm fine. God will save me. Moments later, uh, after the chopper leaves and the water subsumes his house, he begins to tread water and eventually drowns. He gets to heaven and he asks God, God, why didn't you save me? And God replied, I sent you a rowboat, a speedboat, and a chopper. What else did you need? Sometimes when we think we are trying to see a miracle or trust God, so to speak, we are just putting God to the test and not using what God has given us to use in this life to find the solution or the help that we need in that time of need. And God, God's miracle for that situation is that doctor or is that, that mom or is that uh, uh, brother or is that financial aid or whatever the case might be. Trust God, but don't put him to the test. Anyway, here's a few neat miracle memorials that I want to look back on. Miraculous memorials that I love to look back on to remember what God has done for me. I remember one time I was walking home from church one afternoon and I just felt so full of the Spirit and His leading that I began to pray. And I said, God, God, I desire to talk to somebody about your love and to talk to somebody about you today. So please send somebody across my path as I'm walking here that, that you would have me witness to or at least share something with them to point them to you. And I had some gospel tracks on me from church at the time. So as I began to walk, somebody moments later came around the corner and came towards me and I, uh, I thought, this guy looks rough. This guy looks kind of, God, are you sure you want me to witness to this dude? <laughs> and uh, not to get into too much detail there, I went on and, and uh, as I began to almost pass him, I, I stopped him and I said, hey, I'm sorry, this is kind of weird, but I believe I'm supposed to share uh, about Christ with you. I, I, and I said something like that. I don't remember the exact words, but then I pulled out the track and said, I, I know we may not have much time, but can I leave this with you real quick? And uh, it was a gospel track and shared the gospel in it. And he picked it up and he looked at it and he looked at me and said, I'm a Satanist, dude. And I replied, well, you, you definitely need Jesus then or something like that anyway. And uh, but he took the track and he and he walked away. And I pray that God did something great with that. But it was cool to see God direct that person in that place to my path so that I might share that. That the seed was planted. Somebody else maybe watered it. I began to continue to walk, and I, I, I prayed, God, I want to pray. I want to witness to somebody else. I want to share your love with somebody else. Please send somebody else 
um, my way as I as I uh, finish off this trek home. And uh, as I pray, I look up, and and my friend who worked at McDonald's at the time opens up the back drive-through window, and uh, screams out my name. And says, "Hey, Josh!" And uh, I say, "Hey, what's up?" And she's like, "Hey, come on over here." And I so I, I run over and. She's just saying, hey, how's it going kind of thing. Did a little bit of small talk in between uh, her order that she was taking. And uh, I said, hey, I I know this is kind of weird, but can I, I'm going to give you this track here. It's got some Bible verses in, I believe, truth that will save your soul. And I don't know where you're at with Christ today, but I want to share this with you. And I hope that it is a help to you. And uh, she took it and she thanked me for it. And I find out later she actually went and sought out a church and started attending and made a profession of faith and God started working in her life. And I I love seeing the hand of God move, even in small ways, some ways that we, we overthink or don't even realize, but he's there. Um, the next thing that I, I love thinking back and looking back upon is when I had a brother in Christ years a couple years ago who was going to a place where I knew that he had some temptation and failure very easily in over the years. And I told him, dude, I don't think you should go. And he said, no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. And and I said, okay, I'll be praying for you. And so I, I'm praying for him, and my prayer got very distinct and direct. And I said, God, if this brother fails, if my, my friend here fails tonight, I pray that tomorrow you'd make him sicker than he's ever been sicker than he's ever been so that maybe he can look back on this night and say, I shouldn't have been there. And there's some a memorial, <laughs> a memorial of me being sicker than a dog, to remind me that I should not have been in that place at that time with those people. And without getting into too much detail about the event or anything like that, um, I uh, I come to find out after him not replying for the next few days, he comes to tell me and he messages me back or calls me and says, "Hey, dude, I'm so sorry. I uh, finally got right with God and." I want to get right with you, and he apologized for not getting back with me, and he went on to say how he did very much so go and make some decisions that were not good, and he failed. But then he goes on to say, the next day I I, I woke up and I was sicker than I've ever been. I felt like I'd been poisoned. I was just between my bed and the toilet, was his words. And (laughs) And I said, well, God works in mysterious ways, and sometimes the chastening is just what we need to remind us that we should not have been there. Or sometimes the chastening is what we need to remind us that we should be in certain places. But anyway, that was a cool little instance to see God move in in a way that may not have been good for him, but it was good for him. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too much deeper into that, but you know what I'm saying. The third and final thing that I'll mention in this category of miraculous memorials is this event that we planned years ago. It was a music event called Catalyst. I, I remember we planned it for about six months or so in advance. We started we started uh, putting in a budget. We started selling tickets. We had a headliner band that was a lot better than our my little group, and it was just myself and a drummer at the time. And uh, uh, the, the headliner band gets all ready to come up, and we were right up on the verge of the event, and the day before the event, they, the headliner band, who also has all of the sound equipment for the event, calls and says, hey, um, the lead singer just uh, is just is in the ER. There's something majorly wrong with him, and he ended up being in the ER for days, and to my understanding at least, and uh, they had to cancel. But they also had the uh, sound equipment. We had this auditorium we were using, and we didn't have the sound equipment to support it, and, and so we began to pray and 
and even questioned somewhat, God, God, why, why, why is this happening? We've planned this out, and we believe we're doing what we should do, and we've got people who've bought tickets and all this stuff, and now the, the headliner group's out, and the sound equipment's out, and it's just myself and another little group from Great Falls, and we don't have equipment to use for this event. And so we prayed about it, and, and my buddy, uh, the same buddy who actually made had some failure, <laughs> um, was praying with me then as well. Good good dude, great dude. I love, I love this dude to death. But he was praying with me, and he said, maybe there's something more that we're not seeing right now. And so we went to bed that night. And I woke up the next morning, people texted me asking, hey, is the event canceled? Hey, what's going on? Because we had technically and formally and officially canceled the event because of the scenario of things happening. And uh, I began to type out messages to reply to those people, and I did not send them because I felt there was still something that needed to be done or something could be done still. And maybe I was just depressed and didn't want to let people down either. But at any rate, I didn't send the messages that I started typing out. And I laid back down in bed and went back to sleep. And I woke up moments later to a message on my phone, uh, a voicemail, that I because I missed a call from the guy who was coordinating the event along with me. He called me and said, hey, Josh, it's Lance. Get out of bed. Show's back on. Give me a call. Bye. I give him a call back and say, hey, what's going on? And and he, he tells me that there was a group that was touring the country, a group that maybe you've heard of. Uh, it's called Circuit Riders. This group was touring the country, performing at colleges and, and, and things like that. And they had all their, their equipment. They had a full band. They did praise and worship and contemporary music. And uh, this group was touring the country. And they had a stop-off day where they were just going to rest and kick back a little bit in central Montana because some of the members had some family in the area. So they were coming through. They all merged on Montana that Friday, or I believe it was uh, Thursday night. And the event was a Friday night. They merged on Montana Thursday, and uh, Friday, Friday they got wind, or late Thursday they caught wind that this event that was planned just got canceled because the uh, event coordinator, or not the coordinator, the head headliner and the equipment both got canceled for the event. And uh, they began to pray because somebody had told them that maybe maybe God would have them help out, and so they they got down on their knees and they started praying. And as they prayed, they very quickly stood up and said, "Yeah, this is what we're here for." At least that's the story that I heard. And uh, so they called back and said, hey, you uh, y'all need uh, some sound and a performance? And they gave us some sound and a performance for the event. Uh, it was an amazing time. We had a great time. I met a lot of cool people, and God moved uh, mightily uh, through that event. We, we see God moving in just little ways that we may not have seen if we would have just given up or lost hope. Sometimes God's plans don't work on our clock, and as we see in that that event or that example, God was not working on my schedule either. He had other plans, but I believe his plans were best. The third and final place that I want us to look to for memorial points, and we'll end this, is minor memorials, or the little things. Let's think a little deeper than some of the miraculous and bigger things, and think a little deeper than just our story. Let's think about the things that we overlook all of the time from day to day. Lamentations 3 verse 23 through 23 speaks on the mercies of God being new every morning, and it is because of His mercies that we and His compassions that we that we uh, that we're not dead today. Is because of His mercies and His compassion that we aren't uh, swept away in our own sin and they fail not, and that they're new every morning, those daily mercies or compassions are overlooked so much, I believe, at least in my life. I mean, honestly, I'm brought to tears when I sit back and truly reflect on what God has done for me from day to day. The little things, through the years. Even if it wasn't ground-shaking or something seemingly huge, God gives us so much grace and love that we don't deserve in our patched-up lives. Think about it. Our family, our friends, even if 
they seem few. Our house, our jobs, this little church to come together in, and the undeserved list goes on and on. The air we breathe, the heart that continues to beat for the time that we have on this earth. Just reflecting on myself, I realize that I deserve to be alone or with the wrong person relationship-wise, and scratching to make ends meet. But through God's grace, through God's love, through trusting in His timing and trying to live a life to reflect Christ, I am way better off today than I should be. Reflect on those things. Remember those things. And let me close out with this little story or this little illustration I heard about W.A. Criswell. 1944, W.A. Criswell was called to replace George Washington Truett as the pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas. He would spend the remainder of his life as a pastor at First Baptist, preaching more than 4,000 sermons from its pulpit. During his pastoralship, the membership grew from 7,800 to 26,000. With weekly Sunday school attendance in excess of 5,000, the church expanded to multiple buildings covering five blocks in downtown Dallas, Texas, eventually becoming the largest Southern Baptist church in the world. Uh, The popular evangelist Billy Graham at the time joined the church in 1953 and became close friends with W.A. Criswell's family and remained a member of the Dallas congregation for 55 years. Well, anyway, I say all that to preface W.A. Criswell because he recounts this life event that happened that I believe that illustrates these points that we've talked about and we'll close up. When Criswell was 10 years old, the Textline church that his family attended held revival meetings with a pastor named Johnny Hicks. Hicks stayed at the Criswell home where he came to know the young preacher to be. During the morning service that week, young Criswell walked to the front of the church auditorium where Pastor Johnny Hicks met him and led him to Christ. Years later, Criswell was conversing with a friend a fellow pastor in Dallas. He told of his childhood conversation during the Johnny Hicks revival meeting. Criswell went on to tell the story of how Hicks stayed in his home and enjoyed his mother's cooking and his interest in the lad and how Criswell went forward and was met by Hicks at the altar. Criswell's friend shook his head sadly and began to exclaim, Johnny Hicks, just a few years ago I visited my friend Johnny Hicks at Baylor Hospital here in Dallas. He was dying and on his deathbed he said, I haven't done anything for Jesus. Isn't that something? That dear old man, thinking that he had failed. Sometimes we will not see the fruit of our investment in the kingdom of God, but it's there. His word will not return void as he promised, and even if we don't see the fruit of those seeds that we've sown, we can trust that God is doing what only he can do and what he does so amazingly through our lives. In conclusion, Thanksgiving is a time to sit back and remember. Stereotypically, and rightfully so, we should remember, not just around Thanksgiving, but use Thanksgiving as a catalyst to help us the rest of the year. One can only be truly thankful, though, if we remember what God has done and what God has given for us. So go out and share your story. Go out and tell that story. Share the miracles that God has shown mightily in your life. Share those stories. Share those, those miraculous things that you've seen God do through you and around you as you follow him. And then finally, don't overlook the little things and the graces and the blessings that God has given you every single day and today even. Consider, think about, and use your thankfulness and your remembrance of these things. Encourage to inspire, to uplift, and to point people to the truth found only in Christ. And so I want to challenge you. 
write down these miracles, write down these stories, write down these minor things that you will often overlook because there will come times where the generation coming up will ask you, hey, what's this all about? There will come times when Satan will be all up in your ear telling you, you're not good enough, God's left you, God will not come through, and you will forget what God has done for you. But when you have things constructed in your life to help you remember these things, we'll be a lot better off because we will see a little bit more clearly what God has done and can do continually in our lives. And it'll help us live out our purpose each and every single day and to reflect that to those around us. Now, that's what we're called to be, a light for Christ. Hey, I appreciate you joining me for the Bold Believer podcast. Once again, if you found any kind of encouragement or help or, or inspiration in this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend, giving us a review wherever you get your podcasts, and check out our Facebook page at Bold Believer, our YouTube channel at Bold Believer, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to help boost this little uh, project forward as we want and seek to inspire, to uplift, to encourage, to convict, to guide people with the Word of God so that you might go out and be a more effective and bold believer for Christ. I'm Josh Snyder, your host. I will see you again. Well, not see you again. I will talk to you again, and you will hear from me again next week. Come back again for another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.